0: episode 18 of the online chicken school podcast today we're talking about whether your flock should include a rooster it's time for the online chicken school podcast whether you've been keeping chickens for years or you're just fixing to get started we'll help you get your school and now here's the
1: chicken tenders don and susie
0: Hello, I'm Don, the Big Chicken Tender.
1: And I'm Susie, the Little Chicken Tender. If you're interested in backyard chickens, you're in the right place. Doesn't matter if you have a whole lot of chickens out in the country or just a few somewhere in the city. This is where we share our knowledge, experience, and opinions to help you get the most out of your backyard flock. All right, well, this week has been a great week on the ranch. I am so excited. If you have been listening, you guys know that we have been trying to hatch eggs from the Colonel, who is our light Sussex rooster and his four little ladies. And we've set a couple batches of his...
0: More than a couple.
1: (laughs) Several batches with no success. And it's not like, oh, the incubator was the problem. We had other breeds in there. They hatched just fine. And this went on long enough that we determined that something was not right with the colonel and it was time for him to leave.
0: He had his departure papers filed, signed.
1: <laughs> Delivered. Yeah. He was on his way out so much so that we bought two new breeds of chicks and were raising them up as replacements for the light Sussex because we were just done with them.
0: And three weeks ago to the day, I set about 40 eggs. Some of them were Rhode Island Reds, some of them were Gold Lace wine dots, a few Dot Rocks. And I had these six light Sussex eggs I had collected. And I couldn't decide whether to set them or not because it seemed like a waste to put them in the incubator. And if I don't put them in the incubator, I can eat them. And who couldn't use six more eggs?
1: Well, us.
0: Maybe me. <laughs> but I decided, what the heck, I'm going to throw them in the incubator. We're going to give this one last try, even though I know for a fact that it's going to do no good whatsoever.
1: Right. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? I'll tell you. Apparently. I woke up this morning and I I heard some chirping in our hatching room. So I went in there, looked in the incubator. I'm like, oh, there's our little gold laces. They look like chipmunks when they hatch. They're adorable. And there's our little Rhode Island reds. And oh my gosh, what's this yellow chick? I I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So I called Don in there. I'm like, Don, I, I don't know if I'm seeing this right. Come in here. You've got to see it. And he was stunned.
0: There were four of them in there.
1: Four light Sussex chicks hatched out of six.
0: And they really stand out because white chickens are born with yellow fuzz. And I knew this, but this was so bright yellow. Yeah. And I don't know if if you've ever seen a baby chick hatch out before. They are not the prettiest things when they come out of the shell. A little freaky. They are wet. Their hair is all matted down. You can see in between their hair, they're kind of dark skin. It's, it's They're really freaky looking. They don't look like a cute baby chick like you think when they no. first come out of the egg.
1: Their eyes are rolling around. They're flopping around because they can't quite hold their head up and yeah. can't walk. It's, it's quite disturbing, actually.
0: Yeah. And this yellow hair of theirs was so vibrant. I mean, it almost hurt your eyes to look at it.
1: It was. Well, it reminded me of... This last season of The Voice, Adam Levine is one of the judges. I know Don doesn't watch that show, uh, but he had nice brown hair. Everything was going fine, and I think it was towards the end of the season or something. He lost his mind and dyed his hair blonde, and if any of you watch that show, you know the hideous color blonde. It's this fake, weird, yellow hair that is exactly what the chicks look like. So we are super excited, by the way.
0: Very excited, but a little confused because now we seem to have a lot more chickens than we anticipated (laughs) because we had gotten the New Hampshire's and the Jersey Giants to replace the light Sussex because we were done with the light Sussex and now I don't think we're done with the light Sussex.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. This changes everything and nothing all at the same time. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Anyway, very good news. And uh, speaking of good news, the uh, other chickens...
1: Yes, Lieutenant, Sprinkles, and M&M.
0: Are pox-free.
1: Yay. It, it only took a couple weeks to get through the, them and even the Light Sussex. They cleared up quite quickly.
0: Yeah, the Light Sussex had it for two weeks, which is about normal it, it should take about two weeks for it to clear up. It clears up on its own. You don't really have to do anything other than kind of make your chickens comfortable. Lieutenant So and his ladies, they went through it in a week, so they recovered faster than the colonel.
1: Right. I mean, the colonel, when you looked at him, his whole face was black from these... Pussy, lesion-y bumps. And the lieutenant, really, he just had, you know, not that many and very small black lesions. So he, he was pretty fortunate.
0: Now, we had a customer of ours, a very good customer. Uh, she lives down the street from us. And she is a fanatic for Gold Lace Wyandotts.
1: She will buy up for a while there all of our Gold Lace chicks. I mean, she just loved them. And I understand why. They are beautiful.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I like variety. I like having the Rhode Island Reds and it's nice having the light Sussex and the Barred Rocks. It's nice having different kinds of chickens around, but she is laser focused on gold lasers.
1: And that's, you know, personality.
0: Her chickens got the pox Mm -hmm. this week and she didn't know what it was. So she did what normal people would
1: do. Post pictures on Facebook. Exactly. (laughs) And she posted some on the Florida Farming Facebook group that I'm also a member of and asked what was wrong with her chickens. Because I'll tell you, if you've never seen pox before and you go out to your coop and there's a bunch of black lesions all over their face and their wattles and their comb, it kind of freaks you out.
0: It'll really freak you out.
1: (laughs) So she posted the question and of course she got a bunch of responses.
0: Well, and you were really quick on it because when I saw it, it was in the morning and I think you were the third response. Mm -hmm. You had gotten to it before I even noticed it. So you were like the third response on there, I think. And you came back and said, it's, you know, don't worry. It's foul pox. Just keep your chickens comfortable. It'll clear itself up in two weeks and they'll be fine.
1: Right. Yeah. Because we had just gone through it and I told her that because I think a lot of times people want to just know that, first of all, they're not alone. You're not the only one going through this. Ours just went through it, just relax. But I was shocked by the responses from other people. It's fungus. It's, you know, all these crazy ideas of what it could possibly be. And there was people saying, you know, get them on antibiotics right away, get them on this, get them on that. And it's like, you know what, in this case, all that needs to be done is to leave them alone and make sure they're comfortable.
0: And the only response I didn't see was cull them. Usually that's like, you know, any chicken ailment and like within four responses, it's like you need to call all your birds and start over.
1: Well, it's a relatively small, when you look at Facebook, it's a relatively small group. So if you would have been on one of the bigger ones, oh, I'm sure that would have been brought up several times. Oh, yeah.
0: So the moral of this story is, if you have a chicken malady and you don't know what it is, don't be afraid to go to the internet and do some searching, but... Don't land on the first answer you come across because it's not always accurate. If someone gives you an answer, confirm confirm it. That's right. Trust but verify.
1: Always a good policy for everything in life.
0: Okay, for the main feature today, we're talking about whether or not you should include a rooster in your backyard flock. And this brings me way back to when we started looking for our first batch of baby chicks. We knew absolutely nothing about chickens at that time, We, other than the fact we wanted some.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted eggs.
0: We had decided that we wanted six laying hens, no roosters. So we found a local breeder, spent some time talking to him. He's a really nice guy. He's very knowledgeable about chickens. And we instantly had like a really good comfort level with him and his birds. Well,
1: and we've talked about that in the past episode that, you know, when you're going to get chicks, if you're not getting them from something online like a hatchery, and you can actually go out to where the chickens are being raised, you'll have that sense of, is this a good place to buy chicks or not? And we had the all clear instinct from this guy. I mean, he spent over an hour with us talking about chickens. We toured his his chickens that he had. They It was seen... well over an hour. Oh yeah. And, and he gave us like a little bag of food and so helpful, gave us his cell phone number, really liked the guy. Very nice. And we told him, All we wanted were hens. And he explained to us that it's difficult to sex heritage chicks. But he was really good at guessing the sex by looking at the difference in the length between what are called the primary and the secondary feathers. If you've been around chickens, it's called feather sexing.
0: Unfortunately, our new friend was not the best feather sexer you have ever met. (laughs) Of the six chickens we brought home, four of them ended up being roosters.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually it's 50-50. If you were to close your eyes and reach into a batch of chicks, you're going to pull out 50% hens, 50% roosters. Yet we could have really done a better job with a blindfold.
0: You could have flipped a coin. Yes. And gotten three hens and three roosters.
1: Yeah. So he was just kind of maybe sexing wrong. He just needed to do the opposite.
0: Yeah, he was really good at feather sexing. He just needed to switch it.
1: Yeah, I think so. And what's funny is... Because he's local and we have our backyard chicken classes, we don't ever mention his name um, when we tell that story. But people will ask us, oh, is that so-and-so? And And we'll be like... Because he "Um, did the same thing to us. "Um, Yeah. So (laughs) it's like, maybe... And
0: someone in the class went, maybe he's trying to get rid of all his roosters. And I says, well, no, I don't think so. My spidey sense would have been tingling, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't think
0: there was any dishonesty there. I think he just... Does it backwards.
1: (laughs) But right from the get-go, I mean, we've had roosters in our flock. and
0: Personally, I can't imagine not having roosters around.
1: Sometimes I can.
0: Yeah, especially 4.30 in the morning.
1: (laughs) Yes, but... Or
0: when they're coming at you full tilt boogie across the plains.
1: (laughs) Yeah, trying to kill me. (laughs) But let's start off with some great reasons to have a rooster in your flock. And the first one I think of is chickens in general have a lot of personality people say like you go out in the backyard you can just watch chickens and they call it chicken tv and you can't appreciate this until you have some of your own people think you're crazy when you say that but as much personality as a hen has oh my gosh you got to like double or triple it for a rooster
0: like any flock of chickens has sort of an odd dynamic which is what keeps them entertaining but Roosters have a way of amping up that entertainment.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Roosters definitely have a style and an attitude that I would miss if they weren't there.
1: Right. Well, when you look at your flock pecking their way across the backyard, um, the picture is just somehow complete when you see a rooster with the hen.
0: Okay, so maybe that's not the best reason to start off with because it's not really practical. It's not something you can put your finger on and say... You know, that's a it's something you can get your hands on, but to me, it's an important one. I like the look and feel of having roosters around. Now, here's some reasons that do have a little more practicality. For one thing, roosters offer protection for your
1: flock. That is true. I mean, when you're looking out the window and you're seeing the hens pecking for food, they're like totally oblivious to the world. I mean, you can get close and spook them, but you have to be like right up on them before they get worried.
0: And the hens spend so much time with their head down on the ground. But if you watch a rooster, their head is always up in the air. They're always looking around. Their head's at a swivel. They're looking up in the air. True. All directions, they're looking for danger. Right. Roosters are the mafia tough guys of the chicken kingdom. And if he sees anything he isn't sure about, he will go put himself between the ladies and whatever that thing is he doesn't like. He'll usually look it up and down and give it the. Hey, what are you looking at,
1: Facebook? <laughs> well, we'll have people over, and they'll go walking through the backyard, and we'll have some of our chickens running around, and they'll actually do that with strange people they don't know. With us, they're fine with us, but, you know, my parents will come over, something, they'll walk through the right. yard, and that rooster will run between my parents and his hens and, and really do that. Give him the look, the little sideways look. But if he sees something that he thinks is danger... He's going to warn the hens. He's going to get them to shelter, like the bushes or whatever's closest, an open coop. He'll run them in there, even if it's not their coop. He will run them into another coop, which is great. And the other day, we had the chickens out, and General So, who's very protective of his ladies, um, he saw, he must have seen, this hawk that was flying around. And I'm telling you, he rushed those ladies undercover. They were oblivious.
0: And if they don't move fast enough, he'll push them.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he'll start talking to them and in his own little language. He
0: gives them the alert call.
1: (laughs) And it starts out very nice and then gets a little more and more aggressive. Like, you know, you have to do with women, you know, like, stop. We need to go. We need to go. You know, and it gets a little more amped up.
0: Yeah. Except instead of, hey, we're going to be late if we don't leave soon. It's like, you're about to get eaten by a hawk.
1: Yeah. You're going to be dinner.
0: Now, the only problem I have with... The roosters in this protection scenario is the fact that once they get the ladies undercover, they're not smart enough to stay there with the ladies and hunker down.
1: Well, they are men.
0: Yeah, they're a little bullheaded. <laughs> and they're, at this point, they turn into scrappy do. Yes. And they come leaping out of the bushes or the coop and like, let me at them, let me at them.
1: <laughs> with no weapon. Nothing. Nothing other than their feet. Just and their, their attitude. A whole lot of attitude.
0: Yeah. You know, we used to have an Australian shepherd named Jaeger. And- Jaeger was a really good dog, except for the fact that if you left him alone, he would go play with the chickens and play with them until they didn't move anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we had put up a electric poultry net fence around the area they were foraging in. And one day while I was in the back working in my workshop, he managed to find his way to the inside of the poultry net and I looked up and saw all the commotion and came flying up there on the golf cart. I couldn't get there fast enough. And unfortunately, he had killed five of our chickens.
1: Yes, that was an awful day.
0: And they were all probably weeks away from laying. It really took us a few days to figure out whether we even wanted to keep having chickens.
1: Yeah, I was pretty much done at that point. I'm like, I'm done with this. We put in all this time and energy and now they're gone. I don't want to do it anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing was he killed three roosters and they were all outside the coop and he killed two hens. They were all on the inside of the coop. Mm-hmm. So the roosters had gotten the hens all inside of them and then they came out to fight the dog. Well, a rooster is no match for a raccoon, for a coyote, a fox, a wolf, a dog. They just, no matter how much attitude they have, they just can't fight them and they're going to get massacred. So the dog took out the three roosters and then here's the problem when there's no more roosters around now he can go right for the hens. Right. Where if they had all just gone in the coop and stayed in there, they might've had a better chance.
1: Yeah. We'll never know. But just because you have a rooster in your flock, it really doesn't mean that you can be lax on other measures to protect them from predators. I mean, a rooster is not going to be able to stop everything. He gets all puffed up and big and loud. And if that scares off a predator, great. Great. But a lot of times it won't.
0: So are we saying that roosters are useless against predators? No. There are many times when just getting them to scatter. For instance, if you've got free-ranging hens that are out there all day long and you're not around or you're not convenient, you know, a hawk goes overhead. Before the hawk notices the chickens, sometimes the rooster can get them into hiding before it's an issue. And a rooster can take care of a hawk. Yes. It's going to be more of an even matchup. Uh, Other animals, it just depends on who saw who first. If the rooster (laughs) can get them all hidden before the coyote finds them, then they're going to be okay. But it's not foolproof, but it does offer you more protection than if they're not there. And the other thing is they're kind of like an alarm because if you're, if you say you are home, you're inside the house or you're around the corner and you don't see the chickens, you will hear the rooster And you'll hear the hens start making a ruckus if there is something nearby that they don't like.
1: Right. Well, just like you said, a house alarm, you know, it may not scare a burglar away, but sometimes it does. Just the noise of it. Um, And it will bring you running. So we've found that happens quite a bit here. We'll hear something going on out there. All the roosters on the property will start, you know, a commotion get us out there and it will be something like one of our dogs was just running around the coop or something trying to make them crazy but it was something that they thought was a real threat and they let us know about it
0: okay so another benefit to having a rooster is that you can hatch out baby chicks from
1: your hands this is my favorite reason to have a rooster I'm, you know, I'm not so big on the whole protection thing. I'm not worried about that. That's Don's job, you know, is to make sure they stay safe. My job is to be the treat lady. And I love seeing the little baby chicks. And you don't need a rooster to get eggs from your hens. Um, Hens of laying age will lay eggs, whether you have a rooster or not. But you do need a rooster to get fertilized eggs, which you'll need to hatch out baby chicks.
0: And we ended up doing this once we had roosters with the idea of being a little more self-sufficient and we thought if we could hatch out our own replacement chicks, then we wouldn't need to go to a breeder. We wouldn't need to be relying on them. We'd need to be reliant on a hatchery in order to get our replacements.
1: Right. And one of the things I think is really cool is that if you have kids or grandkids or like us, I have a niece that I see quite a bit, having uh, the ability to hatch out chicks is so cool for children. Now, I think my niece Brooke was a little young when she first saw uh, her first chick hatch. Um, She was over at the house and I called her into the room because I saw one was just ready to bust out of the egg. They kind of just explode out of the egg once they've uh, cracked their way almost all the way around it. And I put a little chair there and she climbed up and she's looking at it. And I didn't realize till afterwards, I should have thought more like a child. So she's looking at eggs which she normally sees in the refrigerator at her mom, you know, at mommy's house and they make breakfast. And this all of a sudden, a living bird came out of this egg and her eyes got huge. And I'm not sure she's eaten an egg since. I don't know, but it's really cool to kind of connect kids with their food source, with animals, and to help them understand really where all this stuff comes from. It doesn't just come from the grocery store.
0: Okay, here's two thoughts that we get a lot. Objections that people have to roosters which aren't rooted in any truth. Let's put it that way. The first thing is, let's say you have a rooster and it's fertilizing the hens or they're laying fertilized eggs, but I don't want to hatch them. I want to eat them so I can't eat those because they're fertilized.
1: Right. I don't know where that thought comes from, but it's completely fine, completely safe to eat those eggs you probably I can tell you, unless you're mentally have a block against it, you won't taste any kind of difference.
0: There is no taste difference. And quite frankly, people think they can tell by looking which is a fertilized and which is a non-fertilized egg. And you can, if you know what you're looking for. Right. But they don't know what they're looking for. Most of the time, people who think this way, because they'll look at, say... What's called the chalaza, which is this, that stringy white stuff that basically, no, it's not, (laughs) not chalaza sausage. (laughs) The chalaza is that white stringy stuff that attaches to the yolk and kind of goes up from the top and down from the bottom. And basically it just holds the yolk in place and kind of suspends it there. People think they see that. And sometimes it's a little more developed in an egg than not, you know, and they'll say, Oh, see, that's the fertilized. That's a developing chick. No, that's not. That's in every egg. That's in every egg. Um, also they'll look at blood spots. You know, if you get blood spots in an egg, they'll say, oh, see, that was a baby chick. Right. Nope. Blood spots come from the hen. It has nothing to do with there being a baby chick developing in there. So the thing is, most people wouldn't know how to tell you whether it's fertilized or not. And I guarantee you, you cannot tell the difference in taste.
1: That's right. I mean, we had a lady in our, our backyard chickens class. I remember one time says, I just don't even want to know. If we have a rooster, that's fine. I don't want to know if he's fertilizing the hens or not. Just don't tell me because I won't want to eat them, eat the eggs if they're fertilized. I don't know if she thought like that there was going to be pieces of the chicken there. I don't know.
0: People will say, I don't want a rooster because it'll fertilize the hen. And then I'm going to have fertilized eggs. And one day I know I'm going to open the refrigerator. I'm going to crack open an egg to make my scrambled eggs. And a baby chick is going to fall out.
1: Yeah, that is not going to happen. You put those eggs in the refrigerator and it's the complete opposite of what is needed environmentally and uh, temperature wise to even start the development of a chick.
0: It has to be 100 degrees for that egg to develop.
1: Yeah, and I hope your refrigerator is not 100 degrees.
0: If it's 100 degrees... You need a new refrigerator.
1: <laughs> and you have a lot more problems than eggs in there. Uh, and lastly, if you're raising birds for meat, the roosters are going to be bigger and beefier and meatier than the hens.
0: That's right. The The roosters grow bigger, so they got more meat on them. You know, the reason they developed dual purpose birds is so that the homesteader could have one flock of chickens. The hens you keep as layers for the eggs. You wouldn't eat them because they're too valuable as layers. And then the roosters, which you don't need, you raise for a little while, then you process them as meat. So with one flock, you can meet both your needs for your homestead.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the idea we have on ours. We want them to both have, you know, we want all of our breeds to have dual purpose.
0: Except now we got six breeds.
1: Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> all right. So let's take a look at the negatives about having a rooster in your flock. Yeah. Um, the first and the most noticeable, especially um, early, early in the morning, is the crowing. And if you have roosters, they will start crowing somewhere between, oh, to 5 o'clock in the morning every morning.
0: But not on weekends, right?
1: Oh, especially on weekends.
0: Not on holidays, though.
1: I think they know it's a holiday and you're trying to sleep in and they crow extra loud on holidays
0: what about when the banks closed
1: <laughs> they crow all the time and i'm telling you we have how many roosters do we have on the property i've lost count
0: uh seven i think
1: yeah it's not like one of them wakes up in the morning and goes oh it's 4 30 in the morning i'm going to crow for a moment and then we're done no he wakes up and he crows and then everyone else has to crow
0: yeah There's this thought that, well, if you have a bunch of roosters, one of them will crow, the others will see that the crowing got done to wake everybody up, and then it's good. But the rooster isn't crowing to wake everybody up. The rooster is crowing to say, hey, I'm over here. So the colonel does his crowing at 430 and says, hey, I'm over here. And then the general does his crow and says, I'm over here. And the lieutenant does it and says, I'm over here. And they make their way around. And then you think you're done? No. Because then the colonel starts again and goes, just to remind you, I'm over here.
1: And that is annoying.
0: And the other thing is people think, well, they, okay, so they did their crow in the morning. I'll put my earmuffs on and then we'll be done. But no, they crow all day long too.
1: Right. I mean, if I walk into the backyard in the middle of the day, they will start crowing. And I don't know if they're saying hello to me or if they're saying, hey, that lady's here. She usually has treats. Everybody uh, be aware. I, I don't know what goes through their mind, but you can hear it. They crow like crazy.
0: Now, some people don't see this as a negative. For some people, a rooster crow is just part of living in the country. It really completes the country lifestyle experience. And I got to be honest with you, I feel that way. I, I like the rooster crow.
1: Yes, but sometimes and most of the time you can sleep through it. Where I am a very light sleeper, I'm up at 4.30 every morning and hearing them all talk to each other and welcome each other to the morning. Um, and if you don't live in the country... This is going to get really annoying pretty quickly. And if it's not you that gets annoyed, it's probably going to be your neighbors.
0: Where we live is out in the country, but we're not on a giant farm surrounded by other farms. All the lots in this area are five acres and they're zoned for agriculture. And I have to tell you, I think five acres is about the minimum. It depends on how it's laid out, depends on what's next to you and whatever. But So it's not a hard and fast rule, but... I couldn't imagine being on a two acre lot and having a rooster.
1: Well, even some of the houses now, I mean, we're in Florida and they've got a ton of little subdivisions where, I mean, if you're standing in your bathroom, you can look out the window and see Marie making dinner in her kitchen. I mean, you are only a couple feet away and on lots that small, oh my gosh, a rooster? Are you kidding? That would destroy the whole atmosphere, I think, of that kind of subdivision.
0: And that's one reason you need to look at your local chicken laws, your zoning laws. Because if you're zoned as residential and not agricultural, chances are, even if you're allowed to have chickens, you probably can't have roosters.
1: Right. And that's for good reason most of the time. Um, But people will always ask us, how do you skirt around these laws? How do you keep a rooster a secret?
0: The problem is roosters aren't very good at keeping secrets.
1: (laughs) No, they want to let the world know, hello, I'm over here. And... Your cover's blown.
0: So if you aren't allowed to have roosters, just don't have them.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't try the fancy gadgets, the neckties that they have out there and look into, you know, surgically removing their their voice box, which some people do. I think it's just crazy. Just don't have roosters.
0: That's why it always cracks me up because when we drive through the town that's closest to us, it's a, it's a it would be classified as a city, but it's a small city. You'll be driving through the middle of the city and you will hear a rooster crowing.
1: And you know they can't have roosters there, but, you know. Don't do it. No. and You know, even with us being on five acres on agricultural land, before we got chickens at all, we ran it by our neighbors and said, hey, we may end up with a couple roosters. We want some hens for eggs. What do you guys think? Would it bother you? I mean, even if the laws allow it, like the zoning, boy, it's going to be so much easier if your neighbors are on board
0: Life is not easy when your neighbors hate you.
1: No. And fortunately, our neighbor said, roosters, sounds good to us. And we still try and minimize the negative effect to them by positioning the chicken tractors in a way that it's not going to bother them. It's not close to their house. It really is only going to bother us.
0: Yeah, we keep them on a part of our land, which is furthest from everybody's house collectively.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, another negative thing about roosters is they can grow up to be a little bit mean.
1: Yeah, I can attest to that. I've been run off by several a rooster. And it's in their nature, I know, to protect their flock from predators. And I guess if you're not careful about how you raise them, your roosters may see you as a predator.
0: Well, earlier I said that roosters are like the mafia tough guys. Mm -hmm. Well, if you ever watch like a mafia movie... And I know that those are accurate because you couldn't put it on film if it was a lie.
1: That's true. Okay. We we learn all of our truth from movies.
0: That's right. The tough guy finds a girl and he's all sweet to get her attention, lavishes gifts and money, spends money on her. Very nice guy. You know, hey, honey, anything you want, you got it.
1: (laughs) They always walk around in fur coats.
0: Right. And then at some point in the movie... Something changes and he turns into a giant jerk and is yelling at her all the time and cussing her out and you know, maybe even getting physical. That's how roosters are if you don't handle them. If you don't handle your roosters while they're growing up, they'll be all sweet. They'll be normal. They'll grow up from a chick into a young cockerel. And then one day you'll go out there to fill up their water and they'll come Running at you full speed, all puffed up, like you picked the wrong coop today, my friend.
1: (laughs) Is that what they said to you when you did that?
0: Well, they said a version I can't say and keep our clean rating. Wow. I could read it in their eyes.
1: (laughs) One thing you can do to keep them from becoming so aggressive is to handle them often. When we hatch out chicks and we're going to be keeping them, we handle all of them a lot. Hen, rooster, beginning we don't know. So all of them get handled a lot. And we don't stop when they become adults. We pick them up. We carry them around. We talk nice to them. We give them treats.
0: As they're older and they're kind of set and they haven't become aggressive, you don't have to pick them up every day. You can pick them up. I mean, I think we pick up the general every couple of weeks, maybe once a month. It's not that often, but he's become set. You know what I mean? He's kind of got his personality down. He doesn't see us as a threat. So you don't have to do it all the time. But the young part is the important part. Right. The young part growing up through about when they come out a year old mm-hmm. is it kind of gets set in their personality. And from our experience, most of them will not become aggressive as long as you handle them. We've talked a lot about the ones that do because they get the attention. They're the ones that freak Susie out. Right. You know, like maybe 20% of the roosters we've raised, no matter what you do, they're going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. And those ones, you can put up with them if you want. If it's your personality to say, hey, I'm not going to back down and I'm just going to, I'll deal with it. But not everybody has the personality and the patience to do that. Yep, not me. Um, you know, like when when we would have those aggressive roosters, I'm the one who deals with them all the time. I'll just get right down in their face and I won't budge. Like I'm in your space. You better get used to it. And if they fluff up, I'll give them a little whack on the chest. And if they fluff up again, I'll give them another little whack on the chest and I'll move closer and I demonstrate to them that, uh, you aren't moving me. You know, I'm going to stay here. I'm the one who's in charge. This isn't a negative thing, but you don't have the personality to do that. You're, no, I you're like, I'm not dealing with this. Goodbye.
1: No, I just shut the door and, and tell you to deal with it.
0: Which for the rooster is a victory.
1: Right. So yeah. It, I, I, I encourage the bad behavior by doing that.
0: Yeah. Now that's not a bad thing on your part because quite frankly, why spend all that time dealing with an aggressive rooster? get rid of the aggressive rooster and get another rooster. Roosters are easy to come by. You know, like I said, if you want to put up with the aggressive rooster, go ahead. But here's a situation that if you have an aggressive rooster, you definitely should get rid of them.
1: Right. And that's if you have small children that live at your home, if you have grandchildren that come over, if you have any interaction with small children on a regular basis, um, where your chickens are going to be out at the same time they are. Because I'll tell you, We've got a couple roosters where they've got inch and a half spurs on the back of their legs. And if they were aggressive, they could put a hole in you.
0: They'll, they'll definitely hurt a child. Yes. And you know, one really unlucky blow, you know, where a kid takes a spur and it just happens to catch them in the eye or something Mm. like that. It could be permanent.
1: Well, and even if they don't get physically hurt, I got to imagine, I mean, I'm a grown adult. And I was traumatized when our old Bard rock rooster came running at me. I mean, it took me a while to get over that. I was seriously afraid of that rooster and wouldn't go near him. So I can't imagine what it would do to a child physically or emotionally. And the other day, it was funny. I had let the lieutenant out with sprinkles and M&M. And I came back inside the house, was doing something. I went back outside and the lieutenant came tearing around the corner right at me and I stopped in my tracks and I'm thinking in my head friend or foe friend or foe is he a friend or foe I mean I had the flashback of our bard rock and it took me a while I didn't run away but I was standing there and he came right up to me and then he stopped and just looked at me and I realized duh I was out there the day before feeding him a bunch of treats. So, ah, uh, I'm the treat lady. Where's my treats, lady? Give me my treats. So that I went back inside, got him some treats, and he ate out of my hand, no problem. But that first instinct was a fear in me cuz I I was just petrified that he was going to nail me.
0: Okay, so let's see where we stand. Should you have a rooster in your backyard flock?
1: Uh, maybe.
0: There are a lot of factors we've given you to consider, and it really depends on your personality, depends on your situation, what your goals are for your flock, depends on your neighborhood and how you're zoned and the legality and you know there's just a lot of factors there. You're gonna to have to figure out how to process that information into your situation.
1: Don't you love that when you listen to a whole podcast and you're you're looking for a yes or no and they give you a maybe? I spent 40 (laughs) minutes
0: listening to this and I got to come up with my own answer?
1: Yeah, sorry I want my money back. (laughs) You got to come up with your own on this.
0: But if you can legally have roosters and they won't tick off your neighbors and you like the idea of a little protection for your hens and you like the look of roosters, it's not a bad idea to have one around.
1: But if they're going to stir up a bunch of resentment in your neighborhood and you're going to have a mob marching outside your house because you have a rooster, if you can't stand the crowing, uh, maybe not such a good idea.
0: Okay. As always, we thank you for listening. If you like the show, consider going to iTunes and giving us a really nice rating over there. Also, tell a friend and get them listening.
1: And if you want to see the show notes for this episode, go to slash the number 18. That's it for today. Talk to you next time.
0: You've been listening to the Online Chicken School Podcast. Look for us on the web at OnlineChickenSchool.com